I'm so excited because I interview our Launcher Brand client, Natalie, who is the founder and creative director at Ohala. And she has built such an intentional brand meant for female travelers and wanderers. And I cannot wait to dive in. This was such a great episode. She talked about how she built her brand from scratch, what it's like really committing to your dreams and everything and anything in between. So let's dive in. Join the slow fashion revolution with Recloseted Radio. As the number one podcast for fashion entrepreneurs with a conscience, we're here to help you reach new heights. I'm your host, Selena Ho, the founder and CEO of Recloseted, and I'm on a mission to share my insider knowledge and strategies for launching a successful sustainable brand, growing your existing slow fashion business, and making your brand more environmentally friendly. I also invite industry experts to share their stories and insights too. So subscribe and let's get to work on transforming the harmful fashion industry. As I mentioned, I am interviewing our Launcher Brand client, Natalie, in this episode today, and it was such a good one. So Natalie is the founder and creative director at Ohala, an ethical fashion brand for female travelers who refuse to compromise style or function. Before starting her entrepreneurial journey, Natalie worked in public relations or PR. She advised startups and established brands such as General Motors, Kendra Scott, and others on strategic communications and brand development. And throughout this entire episode, we chatted really about her brand from start to finish. And so I'm really excited to dive in. And after listening to this episode, if you want to also commit to starting your own brand this year, I wanted to let you know I have a free training that's all about funding because funding and finances, as we talked about in this episode, is a big part of it. And so you may not know how much you need to invest or how you're going to get that funding. So check out my 30-minute training. There's no fluff. There's no BS. It's literally me going through a spreadsheet, walking you through line by line, and then me breaking down what you should be spending your money on, what you shouldn't. And then at the end, we talk about funding and how you're going to make this possible. So you can visit recloseted.com slash budget or click the link in our show notes to take this training. And without any further ado, let's dive into the interview. Welcome to Recloseted Radio, Natalie. I am so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so let's start from the beginning. Tell us your story. I know that's a big question. So start from wherever you want. And then also, I would love to hear a little bit more about why you decided to start your own brand, Ohala. Yes. Oh my gosh, it is such a long story. So I'm like, where should I, where should I begin? But I guess in a nutshell, I have always loved traveling. Um, I didn't really get the opportunity to start traveling internationally um, a ton until college, but my mom is a Colombian immigrant. And so I visited Colombia very early in life and also just grew up with sort of a multicultural environment. And so internationalism and learning about life through a global perspective is something that has always been really important to me. And then when I started being able to travel internationally myself, I just really fell in love, you know, just seeing life through the perspective of different cultures, just learning about different people, connecting with people with such different backgrounds, obviously seeing the world and just expanding my perspective. It's just, I have goosebumps. It's just, it's something that became an incredibly huge passion point in my life. And at the same time, while I was doing all that traveling that I had the opportunity to do, I also have always loved fashion. I like dressing up. I like feeling cute. I like feeling confident. But, you know, traveling and looking cute at the same time, not always the easiest feat. So I was sort of known to be the one that would take a backpack and shove 
dresses and skirts and always kind of Mary Poppins pull out a cute outfit. Um, but what was going on behind the scenes was that, you know, I was putting dresses in the bathroom while I was showering to try to steam it because I didn't have space to pack a steamer. And it was always a whole hassle. And I hated that it took away from the experience, but at the same time, I never wanted to compromise the way that I looked and felt while I was doing something that was so important to me. You know, traveling to me is always a special occasion. And so it's important to want to feel how you want to feel during a special occasion. I didn't want to dress down to leggings or, you know, just jeans or just throw something on that's just comfortable and compromise, you know, looking and feeling my best. So it was just a problem that I kept running into, you know, that along with wanting to wear dresses and skirts, but being worried about wind or being worried about, you know, are we going to go on a spontaneous Vespa ride in Italy? Like all of the beautiful things that travel and life sort of throws at you. I found difficult to find clothing that, you know, just did it all. And so it was this sort of nugget in the back of my mind for years, like always traveling, always looking for this type of clothing, not finding it, dealing with like putting spandex under dresses and like making it all work. And I think it was just about exactly two, two and a half years ago when I went from it just being this idea of like, this should exist to maybe I should be the one to do this. And I started talking to people, you know, is this just me? Is this a thing that you also have an issue with and would like to see exist in the world? And the more people I talk to, the more I realize, like, okay, this isn't just me. And not only is this something that I would just love to do and have for myself, but this is a viable business opportunity. In the background of all of this, I was sort of feeling a bit disillusioned and unfulfilled with my PR career. That is my background. And so it just kind of was this convergence of something that I always wanted to do, start a business at the same time as, okay, I have an idea that I think is a viable business opportunity and that I would be really passionate about bringing into the world at the same time as, you know, my sort of original career plan, not going in the direction that I had originally envisioned. And so that's kind of what led to starting down the journey. And it was just really one step at a time. I don't think when I started, I was as committed as I became. It was sort of like, let me just see what this would be about. And then slowly I just got more and more into it and realized, okay, this is really, this is really what I want to do. And I think that it can, it can really be something that a lot of people resonate with. So that's the, (laughs) the medium length version. Yeah, that was awesome. And I also love traveling, as you know, and I just felt like when we met and you told me the reason why you were starting your brand, I was like, oh my gosh, we need something like this. This needs to exist. So digging a little bit deeper, do you want to share your vision and your mission for the brand? You kind of touched on it already and a little bit about who it's for, but I would love for you to just cement it. Yeah, absolutely. So I I like to say that it's for global souls and fabulous free spirits. It is for female travelers, but it's really about that sort of deeper appreciation for global travel and internationalism and culture and the person who just is curious about the world, but also has her feminine side. I think one of the most extraordinary things about being a woman is that the duality of, you know, we do everything, but we also get to feel beautiful and look beautiful and be feminine. And I really want to empower women to do it all and have it all. And I don't think that we should compromise in life. And I also don't think that we should compromise in clothing. And so 
the mission is really just to empower women to live the boldest life that they possibly can, to be the most extra version of themselves in traveling and also in life. And then the second part is I do want to promote conscious international travel. Travel changed my life. Uh, it broadened my perspective. It completely <laughs> took me on a different path than I thought I would ever be on. And I think that it's important for everyone to to travel. And, you know, I just want to promote the importance of seeing the world from a global perspective as well. Yeah, that's so powerful. I love that. And it's just, oh, I have goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think to kind of go back to your question about my vision. So my vision for the brand is, you know, eventually to be really the go-to place for women who just don't want to compromise in their life. So I'm going to start with travel because that is really my passion point. And I think it's, you know, sort of similar to how Lululemon started with the with the yoga pant and then it's this broader lifestyle. That's how I envision Ohala being, starting with travel, making pieces that are just comfortable, versatile. You don't have to worry about it. It's effortless. You know, it's it's kind of the like life-proof dress. Like you could do anything in it, but still just be effortlessly put together. I think travel is a fantastic place to start with that. But obviously there are plenty of applications down the line for just the day-to-day -day wanting to, you know, look and feel fabulous and not sort of compromise on comfort or functionality or anything else that, you know, life throws at you. Yeah, totally. And speaking of your first pieces, I want to talk a little bit more about the products you're launching with. So what was the process like behind the scenes of making it and what makes it so unique and special? Oh my gosh, such a process. <laughs> so sort of touched on this a little bit, but when I started on this journey, I had absolutely no experience in fashion, in product development, in really entrepreneurship. So it was very, very much a learn as I go process all around. And now that I sort of know some people in the space of product development and whatnot in fashion and also in other realms, everyone will tell you that product development is such a trip. <laughs> there's always things that are going wrong. There's timelines. There's so many moving parts. There's communicating with vendors in different time zones. Like it is, it is, it is very much messy and it's more messy when you start it not really knowing what you're doing. So, <laughs> but you know, I, one of the most fulfilling things about this entire journey has just been being able to learn so much about so many different things. I don't think I've learned this much in such a short time period since maybe college. Like if, even before that, it's just, and it's incredible. But the, the journey really, you know, I went from just at first Googling everything that I possibly could. This is when it was just kind of a nugget of an idea that I didn't know that I was going to be capable of doing. And I had a lot of, and you talk a lot about this in your course, I had a lot of self-limiting beliefs. You know, what, why, why am I going to start a fashion brand? Like, what do I know about you know, making fashion or being a designer or any of this. And so I was sort of Googling with that hesitancy and not really committing to it yet. And I think the turning point for me in terms of like really committing to it was investing in a few courses, including LYB, starting to work with a consultant that was essentially a product development, sort of like a production manager, and was just an intermediary to help me learn through the process by watching her and how she communicates with vendors and everything. So when I started making those those investments, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm really doing this. Like there's no, there's no turning back. It's happening. And I, I say, especially, you know, it's, it's, 
absolutely doable with no experience. Like if you commit to it and you have the tenacity to keep going and the resilience to be okay, even though you often feel like you have no idea what you're doing, it is absolutely doable. But for that person, 100% recommend education, investing in the materials that you need. One of the things that I pat myself on the back for is that I knew that from the beginning. You know, I, I knew that there's the version where I really try to string this all together just from Googling everything. And I think I was fortunate enough to have the foresight of that would probably end up being more expensive through, you know, trial and error and making mistakes and whatnot, which I still have done. But when you invest in education from the beginning, you know, you're, you're really setting yourself up to do things more intentionally and make less sort of silly mistakes just from simply not knowing even what questions to ask. So that, that is the journey that I went on. And then, you know, it ended up being many revisions of samples. I started with a, a loose design idea. I, it evolved very much, right? Uh, as I was designing, as I was continuing to do customer research and talking to people, elements changed. I changed my mind. I was indecisive, which I don't recommend, but you know, it's, it's all been a learning process. And I don't know that I really have any specific regrets throughout all of it, because like I said, I've just gotten to learn so, so much. Yeah, totally. And I think the growth from when I first met you to where you are now is also insane. And I often find that like when you do your first business, it is like drinking out of the fire hose. You're putting out fires, you're figuring things out. And so I wanted to quickly touch on the investment piece, if you don't mind, because I know there's it's like a difference between knowing you have to do it and then actually doing it. And people might be afraid to take that leap. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I knew at the beginning that I was going to be self-funding, you know, it's just from a practical standpoint of I am a first-time entrepreneur. I have no fa practical fashion experience. All I have really is an idea and I believe in my idea and I believe in my vision, but it's all in my head right now. I just didn't really see a path forward for looking for outside investment. So I knew that if I wanted to do this, you know, and not spend probably years just trying to get fundraising, that I was going to be self-funding. So I had a certain expectation from the beginning of that it would be a reasonable investment, especially for what I wanted to do, right? Like I wasn't doing printed t-shirts or something that I kind of already existed in the world and I could just take to a pattern maker and be like, basically I want to do this, but just change, you know, this or this or whatnot. I, I knew I wanted to really invent something brand new and then that was going to take investment in research and development in trial and error. And I think I, I knew that before I really internalized that it was also going to take a major investment in terms of education for myself and not just on the product side. But I think what really sent it home for me or like made it possible for me to take the leap was just, again, like I am very research oriented. So I like to just go out and try to get as much information as I possibly can and just in a lot of different sources. And so I, I was sort of researching, you know, what are my different options in terms of if I wanted to basically self-educate and do everything myself, if I wanted to do a, a mixture of education and outsourcing other pieces, and like, what are the pros and cons of each? And just from doing that much research, I feel that my tolerance for like understanding how much this is really going to cost, I didn't have sticker shock over any individual thing because I was like, okay, this is like the range. And if I'm realistically going to do this, this is what it's going to be. So I think it, it goes back to commitment. Cause if you had told me two years ago 
that what I've invested in this business to this day is what I had to do. I don't know that I would have been okay with that or ready for it. But once I really committed and I said, this is what I really want to do. And obviously, you know, there's different versions of this. Like you don't have to make it your entire life and quit your whole job. Like there's a version of it where it's, it's a side thing or, you know, it's something that doesn't require as much of an upfront investment. But I think on any scale, you still need that really strong commitment of this is what it's going to take. And I a hundred percent am going to do this. How do I, how do I make that happen? Yeah, totally. And you also need to go into it with your eyes wide open, right? Like if you don't know what you don't know, then that's where that research piece comes into play. So it's like doing research, seeing what it's going to cost. And I want to talk a little bit about committing as well, because you told you kind of hinted to it earlier, but you were working in PR before and then you quit your job, as I know, to do this full time. And so, yeah, talk to me about that as well. Oh, boy, what a separate entire <laughs> tangent story that I could talk about um, to kind of give an overview. I in April of we're in 2024. So April of 2023. So coming up on a full year, I quit my job rather abruptly. Um, I was working at a PR agency. I was fully remote. The agency was based in New York. I'm here in LA. And I, like I had mentioned before, years ago, I had really honestly, even almost straight out of college, basically, as soon as I was working full time in the industry, I just had this sort of great sense of disillusionment with, with my career and sort of the future prospects of what it would be. And basically a quarter life crisis of like, what do I really want my life to look like? Who do I want to be in 20 years? And who are my role models? And how do I get to those points? And I was just looking around at, um, you know, some of my peers in, in jobs similar to mine. And I was like, I don't know if that's the path for me. I respect their career greatly. Um, and I would be lucky to get to that point, but I just don't know if I see myself doing that anymore. And actually travel had a big piece to play in that. I, I studied abroad in my last year of college and then I traveled after graduation and it just, it was a hard shift because I was ready to go try to be the CMO of Disney one day or work in the White House. Like I had this very corporate linear trajectory planned for myself and travel was just like, whoa, like life could be very different. And, and what are my values that I really want to go after? So that's sort of the backdrop. And then I COVID hit, I was working remotely, I moved to Puerto Rico for a while was working remotely from there, met the love of my life, my now fiance. So a lot of things were sort of happening that made it easier to be distracted, I guess, from my career disillusionment. But then it was really when I came back to LA and was sort of a little bit more settled that I was like, I am still unhappy with what I'm doing. I was distracted from it. I didn't notice it as much, but, and I had this really very strong and scary sense of urgency of like, if I don't do something about this right now, I could see myself just like job hopping or like rising in this PR career, you know, I, and then just kind of blink and I'm like 45 and still unhappy and now much less able to pivot and with a family and whatnot. And so that, like I said, was happening at the same time as really realizing that this business idea was a viable business idea, was something I really wanted to do. You know, I, <laughs> I have to say, I don't recommend abruptly quitting your job. And I know Selena, you talk a lot about how 
um, how long it took for you to be doing, you know, recloseted at the same time as working consulting and that you were very strategic about it. And that is definitely more of the route that I would recommend, at least from like a practical and financial standpoint, because ever since quitting, I didn't have a major plan. There was sort of like a day at work that was just the catalyst that was like, I need to, I just need to do it. Like I need to do it so that I can jump off the deep end and really invest everything into Ohala and like I just felt that if I jumped off the cliff, I would figure out a way to make it work, which has been partially true. But <laughs> so since quitting my job, I picked up bartending. I'm also a dancer. And so I started uh, performing salsa in um, like restaurants and whatnot and doing like a few music videos. Uh, I've continued doing some like freelance PR work, basically a lot of different things to sustain myself while also building the business and also continuing to invest in the business. And, you know, like I said, I don't have any specific regrets, but it's definitely been a lot of hustling at the same time as, as building a business. So if you can sustain your job and you're not, you know, it's not making you depressed, I think it's probably easier and more practical to have like one main job while you're building your brand versus like trying to do literally 15 things at once. I definitely feel scatterbrained a lot. Um, but you know, it was, it was what I needed at that time in my life. I really needed just like a sharp change and to completely mix everything up. And as a creative, I think that that also has helped spark my creativity, right? Like getting out in the world, meeting new people, doing different things. I was just feeling really burnt out, really bored, really unfulfilled. And you know, that, that has helped me, I think, progress and you know, it is what it is. So here we are. But it's been absolutely incredible to really focus all my all my time on Ohala. And like, I keep I've said this to a few friends over the past few weeks, like it, I, I for a while, I was starting to feel like I would never find my dream job. And I have been able to create it. And I really wake up like every day that I'm doing all of these things, even though it's crazy, because it's mostly just me here. <laughs> I still wake up just very like excited to do everything because I love all of the different elements that that I'm doing and was just, you know, if you can't find your dream job, like you can you can make it so. Yeah, I absolutely love that sentiment because if you are stuck in a cubicle at your nine to five and you're like, I feel like there's more to life than this, you you can literally change your life in a course of a year, right? Like Natalie has done. Um, and yeah, your story is so similar to mine, except like you alluded to, I side hustled. And I think everyone's on their own journey and everyone has their own situation. So I've had friends that you know, quit their job really similarly to you, Natalie. And then I've had other friends that side hustled. And I think at the end of the day, you just need to do what you need to do for your mental health and for your situation. But yeah, I am so excited because you're going to be launching your brand so soon. And I do want to talk a little bit more about your products. So can you take us behind the scenes and chat a little bit about the materials you chose and then also your manufacturing? Yes, absolutely. So I'm launching with a set called the Viajera which means the traveler in Spanish. And it is a matching bolero, which I'm wearing, and you can also see in the background, with a convertible dress. And so the convertible dress actually has built-in shorts. It has a built-in passport slash iPhone size pocket. It has built-in push-up pads that you can remove. And the outer material that I chose is this four-way stretch woven. It's made with sustainable materials. It's wrinkle resistant. It's water resistant, sort of like mess proof. It has this sort of like matte finish because basically, and um, you know this because I actually saw got to saw, see Selena when I was in Vancouver um, sourcing fabric. 
But I went to Vancouver because they're such a hub of innovation for performance fabrics. And that is where I imported my fabric from. I wanted something that looked really high end and did not look athletic at all, but performed like a performance piece so that, you know, you can literally do anything like jump in the ocean, you know, spill wine on yourself, like just literally have the best time of your life. And this thing is not going to do anything and just is super comfortable because I found that, you know, the dresses that like I want to be wearing corseted and figure flattering and sexy and feminine, they often just like, you don't even want to sit in them. And like, you, you can't wait for dinner to be over to take it off. So I wanted the opposite of that, right? I wanted something that you could just be wearing around Europe to walk around, you know, go museum hopping, and then it could go day to night. Um, so I was just really trying to get the most versatility possible. And that's how I also came up with the concept for making the dress convertible. So you can actually zip the bottom piece of the skirt off and it goes from this sort of flamenco inspired midi dress to this uh, mini. And, you know, because there's shorts built in, you don't have to worry about like anything coming out or, you know, not being able to like sit on a metro or on the back of a Vespa, like I mentioned, jam packed as many features as possible to make this like the Swiss army knife travel dress that I had always wanted and never found. And to sort of take you behind the scenes in terms of business strategy, I wanted the first piece that we put out for the brand to really represent everything that we're going to be doing in the future and why I'm building this brand. And so this is, you know, just absolutely jam packed with, with all of the features that I could think of to really give that taste. And then down the line, you know, I have so many ideas and designs in development for dresses that are reversible for other skirts that have shorts in and have different elements. But every piece that we put out will have some sort of travel feature. And this dress, you know, just represents basically all of them. Like it is just packed. <laughs> yeah, I, you know this because I think I've said this to you already, but I am just so proud of the products you've created because you have really just exemplified mm -hmm. what I teach in terms of like really understanding who your target customer is, like really figuring out what their pain points are and then making something that solves a problem. And I don't think there's a dress like this or a set like this out there. And I think it's just so amazing. As a traveler myself, I am so excited to get my hands on them because like you mentioned, it's sweat proof, it's wrinkle proof, it's spill proof. There's so many different ways you can wear it. And so yeah, you should <laughs> yes. just be so proud. I know it took so much work and so many revisions and you never compromised on anything as well, which I think is so huge. There's a lot of times Natalie could have like saved costs or like cut corners, but she really stayed true to the brand and the vision she had. So yeah, you should be very, very proud of yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. And yeah, I mean, there were definitely moments, you know, like that you're just, you're exhausted. You're like, I just, I want it to be done. I want it to be perfect. I want it to be good. And, you know, we were talking about the investment piece, obviously every time that you make revisions, like it's more cost. And so going through the process, like I really understood why there's so many brands, you know, particularly like fast fashion brands that are just putting out pieces that like, aren't just great like the, the quality is not there or there's something kind of off about the design or the fit isn't there it's because you know they're not investing into the revisions that it takes to really get that perfect fit or that perfect cut and you know i just knew that like i couldn't compromise i mean literally my slogan is refuse to compromise so <laughs> if i compromise on the design then you know what am i doing and it was really important to to make sure that it was really on point to to really live up to you know what i set out to do because if if I couldn't accomplish it, then there's really like no point of even doing it. So I, I appreciate you <laughs> saying that.
Yeah, of course. And did you also want to speak a little bit about your production and take us behind the scenes there? Yeah. So I decided to manufacture locally here in LA. It was important to me from the beginning to do domestic production. It would have, I knew it would have a lower carbon footprint. I would be able to reliably know that, you know, ethical wages are being paid and that the labor is being done ethically and the workers are being treated well. With overseas, you know, there are definitely plenty of options that have that as well, but it's just harder to verify. And just knowing that this was my first time doing everything, it was important for me to keep it domestic. And then I ended up choosing LA just because, again, like first time doing everything, I just wanted to be really close to the product. I wanted to be able to, you know, check in on production and just like, be really involved in the process for control purposes over the final product, but also just to learn. Like I said, this has been such a learning experience for me. And like, as I continue to put out products in the future, like at each time I'll continue to get better at it. And so this first one I knew was really important to learn as much about the process as I could so that down the line I could do more of it myself um, and just have, you know, more control and whatnot. And so, yeah, that that is that. And then from for materials, like I said, I imported them from Vancouver. Material sourcing is really interesting because there are so many amazing options overseas, but then you're facing minimums. And so another part that was important to me about my production is keeping it small batch and on demand using Selena's pre-order model to really be able to, again, you know, take a stand over, over, take a stand on overconsumption <laughs> and just, you know, really test the market and make sure like, okay, I've, I've done my homework and I know that this is something that I think the world needs and that women have, you know, voiced that they, it really resonates with them, but let me first make sure and really get a taste of what the demand will be before just going out and producing, you know, a thousand garments and then God forbid, you know, we can't sell them and then there's just more waste in the world. Um, and so that was another, that was another reason for sourcing A in Vancouver and then manufacturing locally in LA. You just have more options where you don't have to fight as much with the minimums. You can do small batch. You can more easily do a pre-order model. And so that was the logic behind that. I would love to actually touch a little bit more on the materials um, from Vancouver. So I mentioned that the, so the outer of the dress is this woven sort of like matte finish. It has all those features that make it wrinkle and, and spill proof and whatnot. The inside of the dress is actually lined with this recycled stretch material that is treated in something that's called Cheeto Sante, which I had never heard about, but is actually made from recycled crab shells. Um, and so that makes it naturally uh, odor resistant, sweat wicking, uh, cooling. So the inner, the entire inside of the dress that's basically lined like a bodysuit and that's how the shorts are built in is just like really soft and cool and smooth. And it's like, I'm wearing it right now and I'm so comfortable. <laughs> but yeah, it was re it's, it's been really important to me throughout the entire process and from the beginning that, you know, as a traveler, as a lover of the world, as I consider myself a global citizen, and that's what I'm really promoting as well. I didn't want to put more harm into the world as I'm doing this, right? So making sure that every step of the way, everything we're doing is as ethical as, as, as possible, is as sustainable as possible. You know, sustainability is not perfect, um, but making sure that I did my best in every way that I could from the beginning. And that the materials, you know, are whenever possible, I can use as sustainable materials as possible. Just 
really trying to be very intentional about every single step is something that, you know, is important to me and it adds cost, it adds time. But I think, again, when you know why you're really doing what you're doing, you don't compromise on the things that are really core to that. Totally. And so I want to kind of pause a little bit. This whole journey, it seems like you've done so much and you've accomplished so much. So what are the, like the top three things you're proud of stuff or what are three things that you just look back and you're like, wow, I did that. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, obviously the product, like you said, like it really is, you know, the travel dress of my dreams that I wished I had, you know, every single time that I was on a trip. I think that just seeing like, I've realized that one of my biggest passions in life is just seeing a vision come to life. I've never made anything physical and tangible in the world. Um, I've never developed a product, you know, like I've always considered myself somewhat of a creative, but not really like a physical artist per se. So to bring something tangible and in the physical world to life has been incredibly fulfilling. And to start to see it resonate with people. You know, I, I've planned a few small events and done photo shoots and seen it on models and seen people's reactions. Social media is picking up and just, it's it's crazy to have put something out into the world and, you know, for people to be <laughs> accepting it willingly and with open arms and be excited about it. So that I would say is definitely number one. I think the second thing is, again, like I said, having the commitment at at the beginning, like making sure that when you decide to commit, you like fully dive in. I think for me, I've always been someone that has a lot of different passions, a lot of different interests, a bit of like that type of wild card that like starts projects and then doesn't finish them and has like 15 unfinished paintings and a book I want to write and also another master's degree that I want to get. And I want to do all these things with my life. And sometimes I I think I worried that like, am I just going to be that type of person that you know, starts a bunch of things and never finishes anything. And again, a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of limiting beliefs about like, you know, I, I'm not going to accomplish anything. I'm not going to like succumb to everything I want to do. And so just having like the tenacity to keep going, like there's, there's sort of like multiple milestones, right? There's like the, the decision to do it in the beginning. And then there's like the decision to really commit to doing it. And then there's like the daily decision to keep going. And I think I'm, proud of all of that sort of under the umbrella of just like, just like doing the thing. Um, and that's also something that like, I, whenever I talk to like other women who want to start a business or who are starting their own business, it's just like, that is, that's such a big feat. Like, and if, if, even if like, you don't know how much you can commit to it, like literally just start doing it and you'll realize at some moment, like, Oh, I'm actually just doing it. And that's just doing the thing. It's, 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 it's an incredible accomplishment. And then the third thing I would say, and this is like sort of unexpected that it I've started to see it come to life so soon. Um, but I would say it's community, like realizing a on the side of like people who have started following us on social media and like commenting and are genuinely so excited for this piece. And like, you know, I've gotten a really good amount of like DMs and emails of people that want to work with us or just want to reach out and say that the brand really resonates with them. And like it, I mean, 
it, it gives me goosebumps just talking about it. And every time I get a message, it's like so obviously incredibly validating, humbling that people really like believe in something that I believe in and being able to build a community based on something that I'm so passionate about and this larger idea of travel and internationalism and women just being able to do everything and be everything is just like, it's, it's the most incredibly rewarding thing. And then also on the side of like the women that I've been able to work with as, you know, throughout my business, like as much as possible, I try to work with female vendors or um, obviously female models, Latina models when possible. And so just building also a community of like women who are also doing incredible things, like building their own businesses in their own respective fields and just like being able to collaborate creatively and like, you know, lift them up as they help me. And that has also been something that I was, I think, really missing in my former nine to five career and have had the opportunity to do as a means of this business. And it's, it's been so incredible. And I'm so excited to continue to build community in both of those avenues. Yeah, I love that. That is, it's just crazy, right? Like how much you can accomplish in a year. And I also loved your point around perseverance because that's what it is right like committing to an idea of doing something seeing it through all the way through even if it's busy or even if it's tough and then now just like looking back and seeing everything you've done yeah it's quite it's quite the whirlwind (laughs) yes and so also just kind of switching gears a bit but what was it like working with me like would you recommend the launcher brand program to other slow fashion founders you don't have to say yes if you don't want to but I just want to hear like what you have to say (laughs) Oh my gosh, of course. Oh, thank you. No, 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 of course. I mean, I have already like shout you as much as possible because I, I really couldn't have done and been where I am without you. And like when I say, you know, building community of other incredible women, like killing it in their respective businesses, like you are very much included in that. And just being able to like build a relationship with you and then also the community that you've created through LYB and like, the other people in my cohort is, is, you know, and and we're all passionate in the same space. Like it's honestly just so fun. (laughs) But then on the side of like value, I, you know, your course is just like, I need some degree of structure. Like I'm, I'm, I've realized in this whole thing that like, I like to be able to like set my own schedule and have the flexibility of entrepreneurship. I definitely lean on like the side of free spirited, I would say. But in terms of like the way I like to work, I like, I do like structure. I always loved school. Um, I was always a bit of like, you know, a nerd or like just excelled in like an academic setting and having the structure of like module by module and template by template and chapter by chapter, like (laughs) I was like, you are my like type A soul sister. And it just made it one massive thing less that I had to think about, right? Like, okay, what, what should I be doing this week? What timeline do I need to be on? Like when you're doing so much at the same time, you know, and also like working, most people are also working a full-time job. Like it just is so incredible to have someone there, like basically holding your hand through the process. And it's like, no, it's okay. Like you might feel like you're overwhelmed and drowning and all the things, but you're actually like on time and you just have to like take it one day at a time. So for me, that was like incredibly valuable in addition to obviously like all of the resources and like just all of the things that I didn't know and having people to bounce things off. Like it's just, I mean, I can't, I can't stress enough how invaluable that LYB has been in this process for me. 
Oh, I'm so glad. It's always so like, you know, when you put something together, just like with your product, you're like, oh, I feel like this is going to be great and really helpful for people. And then when people actually go through it and I just see like my favorite part is seeing the growth of all of our clients and like seeing all the brands launch, like it's so rewarding to me. So exactly. yeah, that makes me so happy. No, totally. I can, I can only imagine, right? Like people that when you first started working with them, like maybe, you know, didn't even have like a full blown concept. And then you fast forward and they're a whole brand and products and a community and it must be absolutely incredible. So, I mean, I thank you for me and on behalf of all of us. <laughs> oh, no worries. And so diving in a little bit deeper, what were some of the biggest takeaways you got away from the program? I know there's a lot that's covered, but just like any big pieces of advice or like nuggets you want to share. Yeah, you mentioned this briefly, but I think like the biggest takeaway in terms of like overarching ideas and concepts is making everything in your brand consumer centric. Like your customer is at the center of everything. And that concept, like it's, it seems simple and it may be even obvious, but the way that you integrated that in so many different areas of the business and throughout the entire course, it just makes it so that again, like, yes, you know, this is fun. This is a passion for anyone who's doing it, but also like it, you are building an actual business. And so you, with everything that you do, you need to do that, you know, from the way that you build your branding to your price point, to your product, to your marketing, to the way you talk and show up on social media, like everything is for your customer. And when you start to deviate from that, like you have a central point to go back to, I would say more than anything. And just like, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to give advice on how to start a brand and just how strategic you made everything is incredibly important and totally on board. So (laughs) that's like the biggest piece. And then I would say just like the, the incredible wealth of resources that, that you provide, like you did not hold back at all in terms of like templates and notion formats and, you know, like resources, you know, resources for manufacturing, resources for pattern makers, uh, resources for designers and brand, like just so many resources. It's like, you know, you go again, I'm a big Googler. So you go on Google, right? And you can like start Googling these things and you'll find endless amounts of information. But in, in, in a way, because there's so much information out there, it's almost like hard to find what you actually are looking for. And so to have like one central place that was put together by someone that I trust and I know knows what they're talking about and all of these people and these resources have been vetted and you know that they're going to do a good job, like that is just invaluable. And I'm going to keep going back to that like for many years to come. When you start to build up, scale your business, you might diversify your supply chain. You might get a few different manufacturers. You might start working with different pattern makers and like that's I've learned is a common thing to do. So it's not just like, okay, well, I picked one pattern maker from your list of pattern makers, right? But like, I can always keep going back to that. And so just wealth of resources has been incredible. And then lastly, like I mentioned in my, in my, in your last question, the timeline and the structure, just like having it so organized and I thought I was organized, but I realized I wasn't with how much organization you provide and how much structure. And like, even when I haven't been able to like keep up to a T to the exact structure, it still gives me a baseline to know like, 
how far off am I? What do I need to be doing? If I didn't think about this, I should be thinking about it at least. So yeah, I mean, really just everything, but <laughs> no big deal. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I always say like when you invest in working with me in LYB, like I want to help you build a business. I know a lot of people have this like side hustle they want to start or it's like a hobby. It starts out as a passion project, but we're here to build a business. We're here to make sure you get sales, you get revenue. So that needs to be the intention and the focus from the beginning. So I'm glad that that like really got through. A hundred percent. And that is why I chose to to work with you from the beginning. You know, I, I, I mentioned earlier that like I see Ohala being like the travel version of how Lululemon started. And like, yeah, that's a big goal. But in order to do that, you need to build your business from day one with the intention of scaling it if that's the kind of goal that you have. And you built out a course that allows you to build a business that is scalable. It might take a long time, right? If you're self-funding, if you're going slowly, if you're doing everything yourself, but you put the structures in place and you do things really business-minded from the beginning and it will become a scalable business. Yeah, totally. And so you shared a lot of advice throughout this podcast already, but just anything else you haven't shared yet that you feel like would benefit someone that's listening and wants to start their own brand? Um, like there's, there's really so many things. I would say if it's something that like you have been mulling on for a long time, like you have a specific idea and it's just been like a nugget in the back of your head and maybe you have self-limiting beliefs too, like I don't know, maybe you either don't have a fashion background or you do have a fashion background, but you don't have like a business or like marketing background. Like you feel like you're missing something. Just like, just start, just start doing it. Like just start do it. Even if, if it's as like an exercise, when I first, when I, the very first time I sat down and started thinking like, what would this brand actually look like? I literally did it as a creative exercise because I work in, I work, I was working in PR, but I was interested in sort of the branding side. And I was like, what would I like, what would I even do? Like, how would I build a brand? And I just did it as an exercise. And then I, once I started doing it, I was like, oh, okay. Now I actually like see how this could work. And so baby steps turn into big steps and big steps turn into like you really seeing it. And then that turns into the commitment, you know, or vice versa, right? Like, or you start doing it and you're like, actually, I'm not really that passionate about it, but at least now, you know, um, and that's so much better than just kind of like sitting on this idea in the back of your mind. And then, you know, you, you maybe you never tried it and you always wish that you did. So I think it's just, just, you know, just do it, just start small and like, you know, one step at a time, one day at a time. And even if like nothing comes out of it other than like a personal growth journey, it is so worth it. Like I have grown so much as an individual, as a businesswoman, you know, as a person, like, I've, I've learned so much. I've said that so many times, but there's, you know, there's, there's no loss in, in going through that journey. So just start. (laughs) Yes. I could not have said that better myself. And so kind of last question in this realm, but given your PR background, I did want to ask you for brands just starting out, do you think PR is still important and you know, how can they go about getting PR? Yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked that. Um, cause this is something I do like to talk about. So first of all, I think a lot of people, especially like in the fashion space, sort of have this misconception of PR as like influencer gifting, which certainly can be a part of it, but it's not really what PR is. Like getting press is like an entirely separate activity as like getting influencer, like doing influencer gifting and getting like influencer posting and whatnot. Um, And so, you know, if you're thinking about like working with someone for PR, I would say like ask 
the right questions, first of all, to just make sure that like, you know what you're getting and what you actually want, right? Like I wouldn't want someone to think that PR is influencer and then go to a PR agency and then pay a bunch of money for something that's like not that at all. So just, you know, do homework on like what you actually really want and where maybe is the best place to get that. Um, but then in terms of like actual PR, um, you know, getting press, like getting stories about your brand, working with journalists, working with media, I think that there's a lot of sort of like opacity in, in the industry and this sort of like mysticism of like what PR really is and how you get it. Honestly, like to me, it's the story is just by far the most important thing. Like making sure that you narrow in on what your story is, like what makes either you or your product different, newsworthy, innovative, like something, you know, has to be new and fresh about it for it to be like, quote unquote, newsworthy for media. If you're thinking about like, okay, I think press would be really important for my business. How do I go about this? Like, what do I start with? I would say probably more valuable than working with like some expensive PR agency to, you know, send out a bunch of pitches and promise you that they're going to get you an XYZ magazine or whatever would be to make sure that like you really hone in on your story first. And if anything, it might be helpful, you know, like if you feel like that's not really your forte and like you have all these ideas, but you can't sort of like pick out what is the central story or what would be interesting to a journalist or what would be interesting to a magazine, then it might be worth it to work with like an individual consultant or someone that can just like help you pull that out. But in terms of like, I don't know, I wouldn't recommend a big agency for someone just starting out. And if someone promises you a certain amount of press hits, like they are full of it. Do not work with them. Um, these PR is very much like, yes, it's, it's based on relationships and connections and like many publicists, you know, like they know people who work in certain magazines or, and, and whatnot, but you know, it's, it's honestly mostly just being able to hone in on the story and hone in on the journalists that might be interested in that story and then just send out a bunch of pitches to those people. And so you can do a lot of it yourself when you're just starting out because in terms of like when you're when you're starting, right? Like you have a limited budget and you're trying to figure out if I'm going to invest in certain areas of like marketing for example, like what is going to be the biggest return on that investment? And I would say probably more reliably like social media, you know, ads, boosted posts, um, you know, there's a lot of other areas that are much more, I think, trackable and not to say that PR isn't valuable. It really is. But when you have a very limited budget, spending a lot of money on an agency that might not be able to get you press if your story isn't ready or if you haven't presented your story in the way that makes the most sense, it's just much less reliably a good return on that investment. So all of this just to say like, you can, if you work with someone to help you figure out your story, if you, if you really don't feel like you can do that yourself or you need help with that, they can also help you figure out like what journalists and what publications would be the best to go out to. And then you can literally pitch them yourself. And then that way, you know, you're not spending money on something that isn't guaranteed. And if you pitch them all out and no one's interested or people are interested, like you, that you don't need that additional help. And that's really what agencies can be really expensive because it's it's very time consuming right so like you might they might bill you x amount of dollars per hour and spend 20 hours sending out your story but if the story wasn't ready and the journalists aren't interested then you're not going to get the press and you still had to pay so that's kind of the behind the scenes of like how 
professional PR works. And once you get to a certain level and you can more reliably get press, um, it's, it is worth it. Um, but I think just starting out, like you can do a lot of it yourself or you can work with like an individual consultant to help you hone in on your story and sort of point you in the right direction and just be really like strategic about your use of time and consider it alongside other marketing areas in addition to like also influencer and whatnot. Yeah, I completely agree. I know I've talked to you about this, but I've also talked about it on the podcast, but I worked with a PR agency was a nightmare. I spent like 10K and yeah. So I, anyways, at the end of the day, I completely agree. Like if you have limited time and resources and budget, really look at your marketing strategy holistically, where are you going to get the biggest bang for your buck? And then also see like your story, right? It's not just for PR, but it's for all your communications. Like how are you going to present your brand? How are you going to connect with your ideal customer? Go from there and then, yeah, do a lot of it yourself. And if needed, yeah, then individual contractor works too. A hundred percent. Yeah. If, if you like the story, the story is just everything. It's everything, right? Like it goes back to the, the customer centric piece. Like if your story resonates with customers, with press, like it will convert better when you're selling online. It will also be better for journalists to get journalists' attention for press. Like it will pervasively help you throughout. And so just, yeah, story, story. <laughs> totally. And so I want to wrap up now. So can you share what's coming up for your brand? Because there's some amazing things that are so exciting. And then also all your links so folks can stay in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. These past few weeks have been crazy and they're just going <laughs> to ramp up even more. Um, we just did a small sort of like friends and family preview event and we're actually gearing up for our big launch party, which by the time that this airs will have already happened. So fingers crossed. <laughs> and then after that, we will announce an additional pop-up that we're going to do um, all leading up to the online launch in March. That is, you know, our big moment. I'm really excited for people to be able to place pre-orders. And, you know, from there, we're just going to, you know, keep chipping away one day at a time. And I have so many designs on deck that I'm so excited to start to develop and continue to grow the community that I'm, you know, so blown away by already existing and just like continuing to, to do what we do. And, and hopefully, you know, it keeps resonating with people and, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I again, like I am so proud of you. It's been such an honor just witnessing your growth and seeing your brand develop from like an infancy idea stage to now launching. And so yeah, it's, it's just been so cool. And so for folks that want to shop and see the product that we've all been raving about, what is your website? What's your Instagram? Like what are all your links? Yes. So you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at ohala underscore apparel. So that's O-J-A-L-A underscore apparel on both. And then our website is ohalaapparel.com. And that's where you can also sign up for our newsletter with exclusive promos and updates and product drop uh, announcements and whatnot. So sign up so that you don't miss anything. And yeah, I, I mean, if this, if any of this resonates with you, I would love to have you a part of the community. And I have so many ideas for down the line. Like I want to do group trips and launch a mat. Like I, I won't even start because we'll be here another hour, but I, <laughs> you know, really just like, I'm proud of the community that we're building and would love to continue to, to grow it. 
Yeah. And I think that's the sign you're on the right track, right? Like this is so needed. You felt the need. I was like, oh my gosh, we need this. And now your community has just grown so much and you haven't even technically launched yet. So that is the beauty of really validating your product, making sure it's customer centric, like we talked about. So yeah, just so proud and so excited (laughs) for you, Natalie. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all your help, for having me. And I'm yeah, I'm just so excited for everything to come. And that's a wrap on this episode. If you got value from this, I would appreciate it if you could take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at Recloseted. Be sure to subscribe to the Recloseted Radio podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode and you have access to all of our valuable resources. And if you're feeling generous, please rate our podcast five stars and leave us a glowing review. I'm cheering you on and together, let's transform the harmful fashion industry.